Hello and welcome back to the Around Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, is sports media's number one, number one, number one, number one, Joel Linton correspondent. It's Mr. Mike Breson. Hello, everybody. And to his left on the computer screen is the St. Andrew Shagger, the Hitman Harris, Mr. D.H. himself, the Dorridge Diddler. It's Dave. Hi, Will. Cheers for that. Uh, you can see the exact road in my head. I'm like, okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. And then there's a brief one where I'm like, fuck, I can't remember anymore. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of the rounds awards podcast. But um, we're gonna with four games left to go. We thought we'd talk you through who we who was our pick for like player of the season and you know all the fun awards like the T-Boy Bakayoko Memorial Award. Um, but first, a question for you two lads: if Right, so this question was asked of me the other day, and it's been it's been it's been on my brain. So, assuming that each one of your fingers shoot a, can shoot a different condiment, right? <laughs> what five condiments are you having your fingers have the ability to shoot? What? Oh, uh, but this isn't even me thinking of things I enjoy. I'm thinking of something that's just nonsense and nuisance consistency. Mint what? sauce that would really fuck someone up. <laughs> This is where you go with that, right? Okay. Okay. So, uh, let me, let me, so, yeah, my, I think I've settled on ketchup. Yeah. Gravy. Okay, oh, yeah. Shout, actually. Barbecue sauce. Mm. And the, the last two I'm undecided on. I'd throw mustard in there, personally. Yeah, mustard's in my mix, for sure. It's, and mayo. Mustard and mayonnaise. Well, I did think up. mustard and mayo. The devil's condiment. Not doing any. Not getting near him. And, uh, what else did you say? I'm, I'm having ketchup. I'm having gravy, mustard, mayo, and then number five's where it's really barbecue. Tough there. Are you a barbecue? Nah, 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 not particularly. Maybe I'll throw burger sauce in there to be if I want to be rogue, you know, bit of burger sauce. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like it though. Yeah. Right. So, Will, can I? With these condiments, would we ever be able to spray them for our own use? Like if you're uh, eating food, or are they just solely to? That's all they're for. That's the oh, I thought you meant causing nuisance to people. Do you think you're out there doing street art? Dave's no, got, I thought you Dave's meant. Got his to... right hand for the, for the I thought you meant so if someone annoys you, which is why mint sauce came to mind because that stuff's really, really harsh consistency. It's annoying. I hate it. Well, if it's for myself, then We're I'm putting barbecue in. No, barbecue or brown sauce is my fifth. Oh, I don't well, even like ketchup. One, no, I don't even like ketchup, so brown sauce and barbecue. Explain a few things. It's not the case, Mike. I've just dropped ketchup, so we're already back to three. Um, and then I'm throwing in brown sauce, barbecue sauce. That's my five. Righty, then. Well, Good choices. Good choices. There we are. Right, let's get back to the football. Yeah, we'll give Dave Wazzock of the year. Why? <laughs> imagine thinking, imagine having a hand with the ability to well, shoot. Well, and you're like, not you're like, gotta use them for myself. Anyway, gotta use them for myself. You fucking ninny. Yeah, you might get pissed <laughs> off at someone. Have that, you bastard. And put yeah, but your first, if you've got a thumb that shoots ketchup, your first thought isn't, I'm gonna go mess with. Uh, I'm not gonna go mess with Denise. Oh Have come I? on! Your first, your first thought is your first thought is I don't have to get up from the table now. There you it go. Would be hilarious. Just 
someone pisses you off, you're just like, bam, there's a mustard in the face. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Around Wards. If you're um if you didn't listen to last year's episode, um trust me, it opened slightly more professional than this. Um <laughs> so it's it, they're pretty much all the awards are pretty similar, what we'll try and to what the ones that most people vote for. But um we've got things in there such as player of the year, rookie of the year. And our rookie of the year is slightly different and we'll explain the rules as we get there. We're gonna pick a team of the year, we're gonna pick a manager of the year, best signing, worst signing, best goal, etc. 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 Um, we'll start off with the big hitter, lads. Um, player of the year because it's pretty much a slam dunk. Who wants to go first? Kane. Kane. Kane, everyone. Yeah, absolutely, Harry Kane. Just got caned. Just, just go and buy him. Just go and buy him, Mike. Why is Harry Kane player of the year? Please, man, you just go and buy him. Uh, well, he, he's done this all in a, a pretty awful Tottenham team. Um, twenty-one goals, thirteen assists in his. Mike, remind me, who was the manager for most of the season? Uh, for viewers that might have forgotten. They woke up today and chose violence, but here we go. <laughs> Talk Sports' own Mr. Jose Mourinho was uh, was the was the manager at the helm. Obviously, mm. we saw on the uh, on the Amazon documentary, he wanted to get the best out of Harry Kane. I feel he did that all season. Twenty one goals, thirteen assists. Yeah, got the best out of Harry Kane. What a player! Yeah, by far the. I mean, stats back it up. The eye test backs it up. He's he's the best player in the league this year. Dave, do you think he's taken his game to another level this year? Because he's always been an unbelievable player, but to yeah, score that like, goals. I think. Well, obviously, Harry Kane's always been a great finisher. Um, but I think his all-around play in terms of chance creation and and even his passing range. It, it just seems to have improved his overall game where not that Harry Kane hasn't been fantastic for a few years now, but I feel like he's, he's more of an all round sort of player now. He's just so good at so many different things, uh, which is why I want him to leave Tottenham desperately. (laughs) So he's obviously 21 goals, 13 assists, 34 goal, goals and assists in just 31 games. That's unbelievable form. Did you really look at anyone else? Um, um, the only other one, really, I think, is is Fernandez. 16 goals, 11 assists in, in his games. He, he's obviously pretty much carried United into what will hopefully be second place. Mm-hmm. Um, still, my worry with Fernandez is in a lot of those are penalties and. Um, I don't think he turns up as well as Kane in big games. And so that, I mean, Kane's got him on both stats anyway, but yeah, I think if it was closer, I'd have, I'd have swung towards Harry Kane anyway. But yeah, honourable mention. Fernandez, yeah. great season. Well, I, I, th- I thought it was interesting that when I, when I did, when I was doing my team of the year, I, in my head, I sort of was like, well, Bruno Fernandez hasn't been that great this year. And then I went and looked at the stats and he had, unbelievable stats and I'm like well clearly you're wrong again so but he just I don't he he just has felt tired and a bit less impressive kind of the fact you know Man United are in second but they don't feel like they've had a second place season yeah they just feel like they're he feels like he's almost he's underperformed which is crazy to say when you look at those stats yeah yeah the other one I guess Salah 20 goals and you feel mm-hmm. like he's not really done anything and he's sat there on 20 goals, but still, 
Can yeah. Give a shout out the Golden Boot. I tell you the I tell you the one I looked at because I I went over and I looked at I looked at some City players to try and find a case, and I couldn't make anyone I couldn't make a case for anyone based on stats. Um, but I did have a think about Gundogan because that bit in the middle where City really ran away with the league, that was like when Gundogan was he turned into prime Lampard. He was just popping up every other week, putting the mm-hmm. ball in the back of it. And I just thought that, I was like, could you make the argument that he's the reason City have won the title, are going to win the title? And then, But then you, you just think to yourself, Kane's numbers and Tottenham would be completely sunk without him. I know Son's got all these numbers, but they most of them have as a result of Kane. I just couldn't look past him to be honest. Yeah, I think he's definitely the runaway winner for this one. Probably one of the easiest ones to pick, I would say as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, when even when you look into it, you you think, can I find a case for someone else? As you say, well, and you just can't really. <laughs> Watertight, isn't it? It really yeah. is. Um, so let's move on to rookie of the year. So the way, so let's do the rant again. PFA young player of the year has historically, historically been bullshit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I remember Eden Hazard winning it when he was 24, having already won league titles. And you're just looking at him going, he's not, he's not a young player anymore, really, despite him being a young man. So the way we do it, over here at in and around great podcast is um we sort of have the caveat that they have to be under 23 and they can only have played less than 100 career games which sort of narrows the field a bit dave yeah give me your pick uh fofana from from leicester the center back i think he's been really good uh leicester were already i'd say a good team as they proved last season came into the the team as a 19 year old looks so assured on the ball great defender um and he's i think this is maybe his second season in in senior football so i know we have the rules about 100 games and stuff uh but i i when we do this i do try and look for for someone who's like a, a real real rookie i think he played 30 games or something before this season of men's football so mm-hmm. real rookie and yeah, he's slotted right into that team and he looks a great player, to be honest. Really good prospect. Mm-hmm. So, what's really interesting, Mike, is you talk about you talk about a rookie like Fafana. They picked him up for £30 million from uh, St Etienne and he was the less heralded of the two centre-backs and you, because he played next to Arsenal, Saliba, who's had all mm-hmm. these kind of nonsense. But how impressive is it for a guy... I think he's 19 to come into the Premier League and to basically start 23 matches for Leicester or so. Well, he, he hasn't just started 23 matches. He's excelled in pretty much all of them as mm-hmm. well in a Leicester yeah. team who are uh, hopefully not going to chuck away the top four again. Come um, on, Leicester, but, throw it away. I hope not. I hope not. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the the way he, he's just settled into the Premier League like he's been doing it for the, for the last 19 years of his life. It's crazy. I, it. He looks like an experienced head and he's so young and clearly so inexperienced, especially at this level. It's it, it has been quite amazing to see how he just slotted straight in there as if he'd been doing it for years. Yeah, it's, it, he's a fantastic football player. Really, really good. What's what's really impressive with him 
is the fact that you got the sense that Leicester were buying him for the future. And then in, when Soyuncu had that horrible injury, you just throw him in and he absolutely excelled. The thing with him is, I think he's <laughs> he's a really modern centre-back in that he's so comfortable at pushing up the pitch. <laughs> so often you're watching Leicester and you're like, is that Fafana? And it's like the right wing. And you're like, Jesus Christ, this isn't a Brendan Rodgers team. This is wild. But um, Johnny Evans can't keep up with him. No, well, someone's got to cover for Johnny Evans because let me tell you, he is not, he is not pacey at all. But no, he he's a really, no, he's a really good defender, but he's a really good, he's really good on the ball too and he adds another dimension to Leicester. So, yeah. It's a, it's a very good shout. I've gone, uh, my pick was Meslier. Yes. Um, I was trying mm-hmm. to find someone else other than Fafana, which was fairly difficult, but Meslier, um, 21, so a little bit older, but he is a goalkeeper. So he's very um, young for a very goal. young. He's a great, ki- great keeper. To be fair, he, yeah, he's really good. Um, Ten clean sheets this season in a, a lead side who aren't exactly known for defending. keeping clean sheets or yeah. defending. Um, he'd only played Certainly 45 done. times in at a senior level um, over in France before Leeds. But well, loaned him last season. They played 10 times and then. He's pretty much well. He has been the first choice for them in their first year back in the Prem. Um, fifth in save percentage, like I say, ten clean sheets. I think he's had a really impressive season in goal for I, them. I like him. I really like. I him. like him too. I, th- I think that that will turn out to be a bit of a steal. To be honest, I think I, what they got him for. I think he's got cojones. You know what I mean? Like uh, earlier, uh, and it's important that goalkeepers have cojones, for lack of a better word, because you you watch it so often. A goalkeeper makes a mistake playing out from the back and the head just drops. What what I noticed about Messelia, I can't never, Messelia, Messelia? Meslier. Meslier, Meslier. That's what I'm going with anyway. I think it's pretty fair. Earlier on in the season, I remember him making a mistake and then uh, the ball at his feet gave away a goal and then he just kept making save after save after save in that game. And it was really impressive because I know it's unfair to compare keepers in two separate scenarios but another player who faces a lot of shots in Aaron Ramsdale you what you could see at times throughout the season when Ramsdale did something wrong his head just went and I know that's mm-hmm. probably due to the situation they, they were in but it only makes people like Meslier's confidence even more impressive to be honest um so the obvious one who probably people are going well why isn't it he's counts um Phil Foden ladies and gentlemen has played 115 career games so he's ineligible um Two other shouts from Arsenal, Dave. I just want to run past you. Um, Smith, Rowe and Saka. Yeah, I, um, I did think about Saka. I think he's a really, really good player. Um, like I say, though, I did try and look for someone um, who was like a real, real rookie. Um, and I think as a defender and the fact that he started so many games, Fofana edges it. But yeah, Saka's a a really honourable mention as well. And to be fair, Smith Rowe has, has looked really good this year, sort of his coming of age at Arsenal. So, yeah, yeah, I think they're good shouts also. You look at anyone else, Mike? Or No, I think you guys got got your picks in first, so I wanted to look for someone else. Saka was one that I did look at. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought about Smith Rowe as well, to be fair. Um, I just felt, yeah, in the in goals at the age of 21 in the Premier League and to do what he's done, I thought he, 
<clears throat> edged over Saka, but Saka's a fantastic player and he's going to be a fantastic player. So Arsenal fans already love him and they're going to continue to. And he's already been capped by England four times, which is yeah. pretty impressive at the age of 19. So. It was it was really quite really close between Saka and Fafana for me, but I I I thought I had to I had to go for Fafana because it just stepping into that Leicester defence and obviously it's easy when you're, you're next to a champion that is Johnny Evans, but I, I thought it was really impressive and not only that I've been really impressed with the, his his style and he's great to watch. So I thought for me he had to be in, so that means our rookie of the year is Wesley Fafana. Um, Wesley. Go on, Big Wes. Anyway, Big Wes, Wesley Schneider. Remember him, Mike? You were linked with him every summer. Oh, every summer for about He's 10 prime. years. Him and Nicholas Gaitan. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of being linked with someone, um, what a segue. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about the best signing now, um, which is uh, known as the Cesar Azpilicueta Memorial Award. Um, he's not dead actually, but it is called that. Um, my... strange we have the Do Gary Award there. Well, I'll try and get some move away from teams other than Chelsea and these naming of awards, please. Okay, but you see, <laughs> but you see, we're trying to mention names of people might actually heard of. Well, after Henry's comments that I'm know, like... like Blues are in the big seven, I thought I'd better make a song and dance about Blues players in these awards. Problem is, Dave, no one knows or cares. Um, so everyone knows Christoph D. Gary. Moving on, on, moving (laughs) on. Let's talk about best signings. Um, Mike, get us away from this blues conversation. Give me your best signing. (laughs) Uh, well, the a couple of them I've got three, a couple of them come from teams that play in blue, so that's there you go. Hey, Uh, Ruben Diaz, I think, is my pick. Um, despite how much it costs. my other two would be Fafana, who we've just talked about, and then Emmy Martinez uh, mm-hmm. in Golf Villa, who you talk about value and what he's done. We, we weren't really sure what he was going to be like as far as being the first choice at a Premier League side. We never had seen that for a full season, but he's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Fafana, we just discussed. And Diaz, I think, uh, yeah, City are going to win the league. I think part of that is because of how good Diaz is and how he's made the players around him better as well. Uh, and that's something that I think is worth a lot a lot more to City. So, yeah, Diaz would be my pick for that, I think. Even at £60 million. Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay. okay. So, there was, a, there was a journalist the other day talking, saying, that, um, why aren't we talking more? And it's very funny when journalists say, why aren't we talking more? Because it's just like, write an article about it, you bellend. Um, but they were sort of saying, why aren't we talking more about um, the transformative effect that Ruben Diaz has had on what is an otherwise mediocre City back line in their eyes? When we talk And comparing that to the impact that Van Dijk had at Liverpool on that back line. Um, do you think there's a case there? Do you think he's had that big an impact? Um, I don't know if it's been that big an, an impact. City were already one of the, one of the best teams in the league. Whereas Liverpool jumped from from I don't know top four to title contenders as soon as Van Dijk signed, and that defence went from just horrible. And the keeper, well, the keeper helped as well at, at Liverpool. In fairness, whereas I think the the only change 
at City is Diaz. Um, and seeing the likes of how, how comfortable Stones looks next to Ruben Diaz has been quite something, I would say. Um, we'll yeah. probably get on to John Stones a, a bit later on as well. But also that I, I don't like particularly Carl Walker, as we, as we know on this podcast. I don't really rate Cancelo. Um, and I, don't, I, I also don't think that they've got a particularly good left, left side of the defence either. And to think that that's, um, that's been the best defence in the league by a country mile this season. Yeah, I think Diaz has had a big impact, to be fair. Okay. Even at 60 million, if you if you told City that they were going to spend 60 million, that's less than what Van Dyke was, in fairness. Yeah, no, no, I, I I agree. I thought that, I I think Diaz has had a, a just an incredible effect on that team. Um, Dave, do you want to give me your pick? Um, yeah, I, I think Diaz is obviously a really good mention. Uh, to be honest, I think when I think about the real signing of the season, Amy Martinez takes this for me. Um, just because when I think of, I know that Edison, I think Mendy have more clean sheets. Um, so I know he's not the highest clean sheets. However, with Martinez, when I think of a keeper that's really earned his team points this season, Martinez is that, that keeper for me. The amount of saves he's made um, and crucial saves at that, when Villa last year, you look at them, they really struggled to have any sort of consistent keeper. And Nyland, that was just awful. Um, God, I think Jed Steer played a few games. An ancient Pepe Reina on loan for the second half of the season. With Martinez, they've got a proper shot stopper. I think it's meant their whole defence, players like Mings and Concer, Matt Target as well, uh, they've all improved significantly from last season. Um, and I think Martinez is just how the players even being allowed to have confidence in the keeper behind them has added so much to their uh, team. But also Martinez is a quality keeper himself. So, and I I don't think the fee was particularly massive for him, um, which to be honest is one reason why I'm not starting with Diaz because he was like sixty mil, um, twenty yeah. million. Martinez was. Yeah, I think I think. He's my signing of the season, really. Just transformed yeah. Villa so much. Yeah, um, I looked. I looked at Ruben Diaz, but my my thoughts about Ruben Diaz is just simply that I think he's had a really. I think he's had a massive impact. I think sixty million is a lot of money, but absolutely one hundred percent worth it for a top class centre half nowadays. That being said, do I think that City would have figured it out defensively? Um, without him, probably not to this extent, but I think they could have coped a bit more. Whereas looking at Villa, and I'm hesitant to use team stats, but we've we've you've seen it all across the league this season. Actually, you saw it at Chelsea as well that they got in a competent goalkeeper, and it just gives the the whole of the defence a much more assured feel. So using a team stat to look at the impact he's kind of had. I mean, last year Villa conceded what 60, 67 goals. This year it's 38. And like. I know you can't really say you can't really say that's putting it down to all of them, but the only person they added really in that defence was Matty Cash in many ways. Um, he's pretty good. He's strong and dominant in his own box, which is a massive help for the Villa. Uh, a couple of times I've watched the Villa, he's just a uh, dangerous cross has been swung in and he's just up and he's got it and he's down and he's fine. Um, he makes the saves you 
he does that thing that good goalkeepers do, which is they make the saves that you don't think they should make. And um, I just think for the transformative effect on Villa's defence and just the levels of improvement, I, I think for me, it just has to be him. And then when you take into account the price too, I, uh, I think that just gives him the edge past Diaz. Although Diaz, wonderful player. Uh, I actually had another... I'm happy with Martinez, but as one other player I was thinking of, uh, he hasn't played enough games. Um, I don't think he's had like as big an impact as Martinez. But I would like to shout out Craig Dawson at West Ham, to be honest. He's been great in their defence. Costs like no money. Um, but because they signed him, uh, I think he's only played like 18 games. But he's, he's been great at the back. Um and I think he costs like one million or something. So, in terms of value, good signings, I'd go with him. But Martinez, yeah, signing of the season for me. That was a good mention. To be fair, I thought you were going to go say Diania to West Brom, and I was. Oh God, no, 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 no. I do have one more. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, I just want to shout him out because I don't think he's as good as Martinez or Diaz for the transformative effect. And he's a West Ham player, Kufal. Yeah, he's five five and a half million for a right back. Who trust me? As soon as the I think the West Ham fans get back in the ground, um, they're going to absolutely love him because he just he doesn't stop. He's good going forward. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like him. Yeah, I've got him in my team of the year. So he's not in my team of the year, but no. he was close. I really did. It really was close. Um, so. There we are, Emmy Martinez. It feels only right to follow that up with the Timoy Bakayoko Memorial Award. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know why it's the Timoy Bakayoko Memorial Award, go and look up Watford, seventeen eighteen away. <laughs> um, so <laughs> this can only be one person. Yeah, I think it's on your soapbox, Dave. Yeah, um, to the fans. I think I've already apologised a few times, but God, it's Ryan Brewster. (laughs) Twenty million for a striker. Who? God, he looks like he's never really played football before. (laughs) It's it's really bad, and twenty million is hell of a lot of money for Sheffield United. Might even be their record signing, other than Burge. yeah, he's been crap, to be honest. Not not being in danger of scoring a goal, I don't think. Um, and yeah, a team that's going down with a horror lack of scoring any sort of goals, 20 million on a striker that, yeah, I don't think he'd... I'm not sure he'd score at our six aside the way he plays. He would score. score. Yeah, he probably would, to be fair. <laughs> so but 20... he has been terrible. He's been absolutely terrible. Yeah, 23 and a half. Um million for a team like Sheffield United um, who we know don't have a huge budget um, very much feels like very much feels like the transfer of a team that thought that they were going to be chasing Europe and that they could take a flyer on developing a young kid um, which it did not turn out to be that way however Mike do you want to walk me through some of the other suggestions you've got yeah I mean obviously the award unfortunately does go to Rian Brewster but uh, I just wanted to come up with a few other ones that I thought might be interesting to discuss. Uh, Knockout to Fulham for £10 million. Uh, He played four appearances in the Prem and then was loaned to the Championship. Uh, was that, were they forced to buy him? Uh, yeah, they had I a loan they were, with yeah. obligation to buy. Uh, if they went up. Which, yeah, From Brighton, was it? 
Knockart? Yeah. So For what it's worth, I hate Anthony things. Knockart, so I'm glad he's failed. Prick. Uh, there you go. Tiago to Liverpool for 20 mil. Really? That's interesting. I don't think he's been awful. No, well, I don't think he's been good. I agree with I you. I don't think he's like, been good, but he's not been like a total... He's not on the level of what I thought of with like Brewster. Or to be fair, yeah, I mean, Knockout's not really even well, played, so when that's I, bad. And whoever the next person Mike mentions, I also think is worse than Thiago. Sticking on, sure. sticking on Thiago for a second, Mike. I still think at the end of the day, they paid very. They paid 20 million for a, a, what is a really good player who then, due to injuries, had to play out of position all season. Now, whether or not he's the right fit for Liverpool is a different matter, but I, I, I would feel harsh giving him. The, I, I would feel harsh giving him this award just because I, I, don't, I feel like he's been set up to fail in a way. Yeah, I think no, I think that's fine. But I just wanted to mention that they, pay, they paid twenty million for him, and it didn't really, yeah, make that that much sense. Um, and the, yeah, the the third one was uh, Ake to City for forty million, which. Bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Bizarre. Um, yeah, you, you compare that to 60 mil for Ruben Diaz. Good grief. I, I thought Ake was going to play left back. That's what I thought he was going to do. I thought he was going there to essentially play left back and just be cover. But he's not, he's barely played at all. And when. It's, yeah, yeah I, I don't know what that was, what happened there. That was a bit of a weird one for me. Um. <laughs> Do you Those know what? the ones that I, I could pick out, yeah. Well, I decided it was Rian Brewster a few weeks ago. But as of like, when we first started talking, we first started talking about awards maybe like like a month or so ago. I had Kai Havertz down. Um, yeah, I think a few weeks ago, Kai Havertz would have been in the chat yeah. probably. Van der Beek, actually, I forgot. 35 yeah. Mil, 40 mil. I, I just think with Kai Havertz, it was what? It's 70-odd million. And although, again, I think he's been unlucky with injury and played out of position at times I, I just was going to give it him just for the sheer number of fee but luckily he's started to come good in a bit more games so I don't think he's as bad as the rest of them but um, yeah yeah, yeah Van, Van Der Beek for 40 odd mils an interesting one as well he's, that hasn't yeah. worked out at all uh, I don't know if this has been harsh but it's another Sheffield United one Ramsdale for 20 million yeah to be fair uh, I think you've we've been able to see the difference between Ramsdale and Henderson this season, unfortunately. In, I will say, though, with Sheffield United, they've had like a catalogue of errors across that team. And without um, without O'Connell at the back, I think they've been... Yeah, I think he made a big difference to their defence anyway. And obviously, he's not even there. So... Matt Doherty to Spurs to not play at all, really. The only thing that yeah. saved me with that one was the fee was actually really low. Yeah, it's under 20 Given the mil, player they signed. Yeah. Mm. I mean, for all the excitement that the transfer window generated in the summer, there weren't like too many absolute smash hits, were there? No, um, not really. 27 mil for Nelson Semedo. Yeah, that one's quite bad. Fabio Silva for 40 or whatever's up there. Yeah, but he's still 18. I think we can... Yeah, and he has scored a couple of goals at least. Still, it's a lot of money for a club like Wolves to be playing. It doesn't look good right now. That's that's fair to say. No, but interestingly enough, lads, so last year, the person who won this award was um, Indombele, who 
we slated because he just did not look interested at all. Particular game against Burnley shrinks the oh mind. Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah. Which, I think we three of us were texting in a, in a group oh chat. Just, just, just like, what is this? Was this <laughs> where the game where Carragher basically circled him, not even moving for the ball and stuff? Was it? Yeah. Was that exactly. one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I guess the question is, Dave, do you think that Brewster can have a similar sort of bounce back season in the championship or do you um, think it's hard to say isn't it because like i once previously argued which obviously uh didn't actually have any impact on him remembering what a football looked like this season he was good in the championship last season um got 10 in 20 this one yeah so my yeah. thing with him is that he could be like dominic solanke in the fact that he could even though he's looked terrible he could be. Um, he could find his level again at the championship and have an okay season. Um, but at the same time, he's so young, and he's been an absolute disaster. I'm interested to see where he goes from here because his confidence must be yeah. shot, to say the least. Two, perhaps the two most confident positions in football: striker and goalkeeper. And once mm-hmm. your confidence is shot, you just sort of going to struggle. I, I think it's interesting though that. You look at Solanke, now you've brought him up in terms of... He's actually done quite well this year. Played played, played at a youth level, at a high level. Got a move to another club. Never really quite hit it off. It's, it's perhaps an argument for getting the right loan in the lower leagues and just learning how to play senior men's football, which is it's just interesting. And maybe the same could be said for Brewster, that he could have benefited from a, another season in the Championship. But he'll be getting one now. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to go back and remember when Dave argued for Rian Brewster over Champions League winning Divock Origi. That is one of those things that I feel like I'm never going to live down. You're not listening to me. I just don't agree with you, Dave. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's move on. Don't agree with myself. (laughs) Uh, Oh, my God, Mike. Hey. On our document, ladies and gentlemen, we have, um, which we all write before the thing so we can keep an eye on these things. We've put various names by these awards and next to Best Newcomer is the Joel Linton Award, um, which is just disgusting, quite frankly. <laughs> I can't believe he's he's put that. And he's I'm, snuck that in there. And I'm very angry. But So I'm going to go to Dave first on this one. Dave, who's your best new, who do you think is the best newcomer in the league? Um, well, I saw who you you guys had put. I'm not doing well here spelling it. Um, <laughs> the people don't need you to spell it for them. Oh, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's just podcast. saying. Well, I'm just saying. How <laughs> Dave, I think just there. answer the question. Fine. It's 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 Rafinha for Leeds. I think he's in great. Uh, really good player to watch. One of Leeds standout players this season. Um, and for a guy that. Literally hadn't even played in English football before. I think he's been really, really good. Looks a great player moving forward as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so me and Mike have both got Diaz, who we've all we've kind of gone for best newcomer for. If if Diaz was eligible, why did you pick Rafinha over over Diaz? Just out of interest. If I'm honest, Will, I tried to have a bit of variety because okay. when we were doing this, um, like Mike had with like the worst signing and. I mean, you um, wrote yours first. No, but it was clear that 
you know, some players just come to mind and I wanted to have like an alternative. So no, put in your and I also think Rafinha is worth a mention. Uh, I'm not putting him in just because he's not Ruben Diaz. I do think that he's been, he's been really good. Yeah. I really like Rafinha. Um, I like he's his fun to watch, isn't he? Yeah, he's really fun to watch. He's he's a proper winger as well at times. He just hugs that touchline and just tries to beat his man. It's really good, and he's he's good on both. He's good with both feet as well. Um, but Mike, you've got three suggestions. Do you want to walk me through? Yeah, we've kind of discussed all three of them already. Um, Diaz would be my my pick for it, and then Kufal, who we've mentioned obviously, um, <clears throat> and Fafana is my other one. I yeah. think all three, all three are well worth a mention. Their first seasons in the Prem and all of them have been outstanding. But I think, yeah, Diaz for me takes the takes the cake there. Yeah, it, it's helps. He's got the narrative of winning the title too. But yeah, well, I, I think he has been that impressive. Like it, we didn't touch on it where he'd come from. Like Cotton Eye Joe, he <laughs> so he comes from the Portuguese league, which obviously doesn't have a huge reputation, particularly defensively. But um. He's really like walked into that city team and been a rock, and I, I've never he's just heard adapted. Of him. He's, no, not really. He, ter- he turns up in uh, City for sixty million and sets yeah. the world alight. I knew him from I knew him from Football Manager, and that was it. Yeah, same. To but be honest, I, uh, I knew he was at Benfica because yeah. of the same reason. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think yeah, the Joel Linton Award this year to, to Ruben Diaz, well played. Yeah, imagine going up to him and telling him you've won an award named after Joel Linton. <laughs> Yeah, he'd be, he'd be looking around pretty upset, thinking, what have I done wrong? Speaking of which, Mike, have you got the Joel Linton report for us? Oh, God. Yeah, uh, look at this. He's naming awards, but he hasn't done his weekly thing. Fairness, actually, I haven't at the moment. Come back to me after the next award, and I'll uh, give you the Joel Linton report. you got it. Uh, most disappointing team, which, of course, last year was won by the entirety of North London. Um, <laughs> uh, Dave... It feels like there's a pretty obvious one here, and I guess it just depends on your expectations. But do you want to talk me through your one? Yeah, my one, Sheffield United, just for the fact that I think everyone knew that they'd overachieved last season. Don't well, I say everyone knew they absolutely overachieved last season. There's no debating that. However, I thought you know they're going to be a decent enough team. I expect them to stay up. Instead, what's what's happened is what can only really be described as chaos and disappointment mm-hmm. mentioned players like Brewster not sure signing the recruitment seemed terrible all the fight that we associated with this team under Wilder in their first season sort of seemed to vanish they just most of the time look shells of the players they even were last season it's been disappointing um, and I think the reason I picked them is I always like sort of underdog teams I guess uh, and they've fallen pretty hard this year so I was pretty disappointed with them to put it into perspective for Sheffield United from half the season we were talking about them in the same terms as we talk about that Derby team the the worst Premier League team there has ever been Uh, they were looking like they could actually be that bad for a good while so and and to go yeah. from being, what were they finished last year? Ninth. Ninth yeah, it was it? a massive overachievement. But to go from that to being relegated, it felt Not like even competitive. January. That's my thing. Yeah. They didn't even go from being relegated and, and you know, fighting to the last day of the season. They, they've been down for basically since about 10 games into the season, it feels like. 
They've scored um, 18 goals in the league. 18 goals. But also sacked their one of their greatest ever managers, club legend. So it's just... Maybe their greatest manager, to be honest. It's just been such a complete and utter just disaster over there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so they're my pick, but I, I picked two other teams just to have a, a chat through. Mike, are they your pick as well? And you've Or are you actually going for... No, I can't. I'm not picking Sheffield United. Never. Okay. I won't do okay. it. Okay. Who uh, are you picking then? I'm picking the Scousers, Liverpool. Fair um, enough. I just, I think they have been way below where we thought they were going to be. We, they should have been fighting for the title. They're seventh right now. On the, with a, a fairly good chance of missing out on the top four. Um, to Spurs, which, come on guys, what are we doing here? Seriously. Um, Spurs. me and Spurs are in fourth right now. Sorry, Spurs are in fifth. So actually, Liverpool are very likely to miss out on the top four because I've read the table wrong. Apologies about that. <laughs> um, it's even worse than I thought, which is good news. Um, yeah, me and Will had Liverpool second uh, in the one to twenties. Dave Adam third. I just uh, they've been yeah, horrendous. They're seventh. They should not be seventh with the talent they have in that squad. I know the injuries, blah, blah, blah. But come on, guys. That's disappointing for me. That's really disappointing. This should have been a title race between them and City and they're seventh. No, I, I, I agree. I think they've been disappointing. I just think when I think of a team that disappointed me most at Sheffield United. But I will agree, Liverpool obviously have been disappointing this year. They've also fallen a long, long way from where they were last year. That's for sure. So I'm working through my logic and my logic for not picking Liverpool was injuries to their just the most ridiculous injury crisis I think I've seen for a while. But then I'm sat there thinking, but Sheffield United also went through an injury crisis and with Jack O'Connell, for example. So you sort of swayed me Mike, to pick Liverpool, but you've got your hand up, Dave. Oh, no, sorry. No, it's just... uh, Stop fidgeting. I... I think part of the reason why I haven't gone to Sheffield United is because I was a little bit lower on them at the start of the season. I I didn't necessarily believe they were going to follow it up, as they obviously haven't. Um, they're not amazing. Finished last year. I just I thought they'd get relegated last year. They obviously did way better than that. Now they are relegated this year. That's, that's fair enough. But they've they've averaged half a one point every two games. They're literally one of the worst ever Premier League teams unless they win a few games between now and the end of the season, which looks very unlikely. No, I understand. I, I get that. I just think, what do you expect out of this squad? Not to be one of the worst ever Premier League. Yeah, not to be nine points worse really? off than the dreadful West Brom team. <laughs> it's not a good squad. Now let me tell I you. I know it's not a good squad, but they already proved that they could play. I thought they'd finish like fourteenth, fifteenth, but well, they literally everyone's, haven't. Everyone's worked them out, and now they they, they didn't. Yeah, but come play. on, seventeen points is woeful. I'm, I'm not denying it's woeful. How many more points are Liverpool off from last season? That's the question. To be fair, they were. Because I'd imagine it'd be pretty similar, wouldn't it? Miles off that. I guess. Yeah, they're on 54 right now. To be fair, I'm, 
I'm happy with either Liverpool or Sheffield United. Both of them are miles behind where they were last season. Liverpool had 99 points last year. So they're 45. Well, they've got how many to play? Five. 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 So at best, they'll be 30 points behind. Sheffield yeah. Sheffield had 54 last year. Yeah, and I'm so they're 17. 40, 42 back. So it's uh, pretty much the same underperformance. I'm going to give it to the Scousers because I hate them. I knew that was going to be Will's subject. Yeah, I'm happy to give it to Liverpool. I just, I, I, I do want to quickly, two. I want to nominate three of the teams. Um, well, I want to nominate the entirety of North London yet again. Um, like I didn't even, I didn't have high hopes for Arsenal yet. They've <laughs> when Still they were, underperformed. When they were hovering around the relegation zone pre-Christmas, I was sort of like, "Come the fuck on, Arsenal!" Jesus Christ! And then Spurs, who after getting your not your hopes up, but looking like real title challengers, are just to fall away in the way they have. And the same goes for the Chelsea. To be honest, um, they've spent all that money and um, didn't look like a competent team for a lot of the season. Um, there we are. Some would put that down to the manager. I don't think that's fair to put that on Tuchel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, should we do a big award? Mm-hmm. Why not? Manager of the year. It's oh, all it's agreed. An easy one. <laughs> who wants to tell me who the manager of the year is? David Moyes, uh, every day of the week. Congratulations, David. <laughs> Steve Koppel Award, get a great. Mate, he took Reading to seventh in their first Premier League season. Are you joking? You're naming manager of the year in the Premier League after Steve Koppel. We just had <laughs> best newcomer for Joel Linton, who's one of the worst signings of all time. At least Steve Koppel was good for a season. Even if he did follow up with a relegation. DC was good once. Joel Linton's never been good. Mm. Okay. Um, why David Moyes, is if I have to ask, ask that question. Well, he's just, he's just coached this West Ham team so well that they've gone from being a team that you had possibly been relegation scrappers to a team that the talk is which European competition are they going to be in next season? So... I can't wait for them to miss out entirely because, again, I've made a sweeping statement. So, look forward to finishing seventh West Ham fans. <laughs> Someone click that. So, so obviously, West Ham have got a lot of really good players who have had absolutely stunning seasons too. But, Mike, when you watch West Ham, how much of their success do you feel is down to the manager? Yeah, I think, to be fair, you can put a lot down to Moyes. They're extremely well organised, very well drilled. They all know their roles um, and they execute them really well. I, w- I wanted to say that we had West Ham 17th in our one. Yeah, 17th. I knew we had them down there. Which, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, not a wild claim if you'd watched them last year. No, no, it wasn't a wild claim. And I'm sure we justified it on the uh, on that podcast, episode 38, if anyone wants to go and bump the numbers up there. Um, Stand by what I said. No, I would absolutely stand by whatever whatever it was that we said. But yeah, then they're now in sixth, and as Dave says, I mean they're they're above Liverpool, Everton, Arsenal, which I don't think anyone would have given them a prayer of being above even Everton at the start of the season. So, 
it's been it's been quite the season. To answer your question, yeah, I think Moyes has had a a pretty big part to play in that. Um, and yeah, a lot of good individual performances help, but yeah, well, well done, Moyes. Ta- tactically, they look so much like a David Moyes team, and the way they the way they've dropped off and the way they've coped with the season has been really impressive. Um, is there anyone else you even considered for this award? I mean, like if you had to pick a second place. Who are you thinking? Maybe Brendan Rodgers. But oh, then again, throw it away again. Yeah, but that, that's the thing. They could throw it away again for Champions League and then it's not actually all that great a season, is it? If they don't yeah. actually make Champions League. Marcelo Bielsa. There you go. Yeah, true. They're um, just fun. Aren't they? Dean Smith. Just fun. Uh, yeah, Villa no. 10. No! Dean Smith, I'm sorry. Look, hold on. Will, Dean, hold on. Here you go. Will, Dean give Smith, me start of the week. Come on. It ties in perfectly. Hold Dean, on. Let me, let me go first. Dean Smith. Dean Smith spent the entire season relying on Jack Grealish to create an offense. And then without Jack Grealish, they're on relegation form. He's not manager of the year. Like he's, uh, he, given that Villa fans are, some Villa fans are going, oh, should we keep Dean Smith? And that's not to say that all Villa fans are paragons of intelligence, but you, you know what I mean? Like uh, football fans in general about managers get tribalistic, but I, I do think they have a legit case to say, well, why haven't we got a more consistent offense when this unbelievable player sits? Why am I saying offense? I mean, attack. Okay. I've been listening to too many basketball podcasts. Dave, what's your stat of the week? Mike, give him the intro. It's Dave's stat of the week. Cheers for that, Mike. Um, Dean Smith and his whole Aston Villa career without playing Jack Grealish, his win percentage is only 23%. <laughs> okay, there we go. Right, <laughs> let's move. Well, that just about proves Will's point. I guess Pep would be one, but I don't really want to give him an award. He <laughs> spent 100... Look, Pep. Yeah, I know. This is why I don't want to give he's him an award. But... He's made, he has made his team better, to be fair. He's done what a coach should do, but he's also spent, what, 100 million on a, on his... City are good defenders now. But... 100 million. Okay, yeah. 100 million. That's how you're good defenders now. Um, okay, ladies and gentlemen, best goal. Dave, you go first. Uh, I've a... got a couple of nominations. Um, give me your, give me a pick. <sighs> to be honest, I think given the ridiculousness of the goal on Dombele against Sheffield United, mm. the technique. Talk me through it if someone hasn't seen it. So basically, the ball gets put into um, like edge of the area, and he just pulls off this ridiculous, ridiculous volley, like almost like sideways. Just oh, I goes... actually forgot about this goal. Yeah, and he he just somehow fires it into the corner. It's it's an outrageous goal. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd really urge anyone to watch it if you haven't seen it on Dombele versus Sheffield United because it's it's hell of a goal. Unbelievable technique. Yeah, it's a really good goal. Um, Mike, you said change your mind, but what was your original pick? Uh, yeah, my 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 pick was going. I think it's. Oh, I don't know now. The uh, <laughs> it was Salah against West Ham. Three-one um, win to Liverpool. It was. It was a fantastic counter-attacking goal from. I think the keeper might have had it straight out onto the left wing. Pings it across to the right wing. Uh, and then back across to the left wing in in a matter of seconds. And then the ball gets fizzed in the air across to Salah. 
he take he pulls it out of the air with one touch and then with the outside of his boot clips it past the keeper. It's, it's a fantastic goal. Uh, I I do enjoy a bit of a team goal as well. Um, Sorry, with on Dombele, I undersold it. It's more of a chip, isn't it? Like a chip volley yeah. from a, a crazy angle. Yeah, now I've rewatched that and Dombele goal. I remember that I made a noise that I have not made in a while watching football <laughs> when that goal went in. <laughs> I like the clarification on football. <laughs> uh, and that, that goal was absolutely unbelievable. Honestly, I, I couldn't believe what I'd seen for about 10 minutes. I, I, it is such a hard skill to pull off what he did. So if, if anyone has not seen it, if that hasn't yeah, built it up enough, do. you really should go and watch it. And also Sal as well, you're there. But... Also, yeah. we don't like Spurs, so watch Lanzini's against Spurs. That that was a great pure strike, I felt. But yeah, on Dombele's for me, unbelievable. Pure drama. You, for pure drama, you can't beat Lanzini's, can yeah. you? Because it's just a three... To tie it up at 3-3, last kick of the game, absolute belter. But for sheer execution and skill, you can't look past Ndombele, can you? No. Oh, my God. Outrage. I'm going to keep watching this for the rest of the podcast. Yeah. This is unbelievable. Does it lose any points because it's against Sheffield? Um. Okay. So, we've only got a few left, ladies and gentlemen. Um, did we give that to Ndombele got... then, yeah? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Still got to pick... Team of the year. So, but before we get there, we've got three more, two more, three more. So, unsung hero of the year, which um, last year was won by Harvey Barnes. And um, this is for a, a player who sort of flies under the radar of the success of the team. Um, it's a sort of um, the way I always describe this award is saying that it's the sort of it's the player that the fans of the club would be going. Why don't they talk about this person on Match of the Day? Why don't they talk about Ollie Watkins on Match of the Day? Things like that. But Ollie Watkins, obviously, not up for this award. Um, but, Dave, you've got a different one to me and Mike. So, do you want to take it away by talking us through your pick? Yeah. Um, Man City, obviously, have been fantastic this season. Everyone points to Diaz and Stones. Normal, normal people like uh, De Bruyne. Um, obviously you've got Mares, who, if you don't know, Will, yeah, loves that man. Um, uh, loves him? Oh, he's, <laughs> he's, who, who doesn't love Riyad Mahrez? In fact, he's in the team of the year. Look, I'm making an executive decision right now. We get so, him in, I don't care how. Yeah, with this Man City team, I think Rodri, uh, he's my unsung hero. He's been really, really impressive in how he mops up. Um, and... Yeah, I just I just think that with Rodri as well, he now that he's got the stability behind him, he's sort of allowed to do what he actually wants to do. Um and I think he's brilliant at what he does in terms of his recoveries. He wins a lot of duels, basically wins the ball back, uh, which is exactly what you want him to do. And he's his passing's decent. He he's got a good ball retention. He's basically perfect for what Pep wants. And yeah, because of all the superstars in that team, no one really talks about Rodri. So I did I did think I have to talk you can't have an unsung hero and put someone that actually gets a lot of plaudits. So that's another reason for Rodri. I don't like Rodri, for what it's worth. 
I just can't stop rewatching this and Dombele goal, to be honest. Lads. Give me some stats, Will. 30 games. I don't he's care. Got, he's got 257 recoveries. He's won 186 duels, 75 aerial battles, and he's only lost 29. Zero errors leading to goal. With 60% of his tackles. Who cares? These, just saying. These, these, are, these are all just numbers. These are all just numbers without any context to them. Here's here's you think about Rodri. Think he's, here's you think about Rodri. He's, he's got he's got he's got the easiest job in the world. He just has to recycle possession in that Man City team. He's not as good at it as Fernandinho was. Well, yeah, but Fernandinho is bloody incredible. Exactly. So. He's not as good as Fernandinho was at this role. I, I don't think he's an unsung hero because I don't actually think he does anything special. I just think he does a does a role. Fair enough. Yeah. It's just like I, the way when I look at Rodri, I see Jorginho and I don't think either player's particularly. Well, you yeah. see Jorginho. Yeah. I see a bloke who just yeah. results his possession and doesn't really do anything. Yeah, because Jorginho is so good defensively, isn't he? Um, it's, it's interesting you, you bring that up, Dan. Oh, here we go. Here Com- comes some stats. Com- comparing the two. Um, Jorginho's tackles he's only got a few less than Rodri he's got more interceptions got the same number of blocks has actually conceded less goals as a team while he plays has got more last man tackles and understandably less good on the aerial battles but he's not asked to do that Um, clearances Rodri dominates him but yeah and if you want to talk about losing the ball in bad positions um, Rodri's been dispossessed almost double the amount of times that Jorginho has Jorginho also averages less passes backwards and more passes forwards, more through goals. So what I'm saying is they're essentially the same player, except that they're just just both boring. I I, I know it's not happened yet, but I've just heard Henry Hodgson throw a drink down in frustration when he he listens to that little segment. I just don't think either of them are particularly... Like, they do a job for the team, but I don't think they're unsung heroes. City aren't... If you took Rodri out of the City team and you played a... 34-year-old Fernandinho, I still think they win the title. Whereas 36 now. Yeah, he'd be fine though. Whereas, Mike, if they took your pick out of his team, would the team fall apart? Absolutely. The the West Ham right right side would be just a disgrace. You might as well forget about it. Vladimir Kufal is the man. Football is the game. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, he's been uh, he's been excellent, obviously at right back for for West Ham. I don't think he gets all that much credit. I think they're starting to Suchek and Kufal both starting to get some credit in fairness, but I still think he counts as unsung. Mm-hmm. I think he's an absolute hero. Um, and yeah, it's been a year since he's been in the league, so he qualifies in all categories. Well done, Vladimir Kufal, my unsung hero of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I've just named is the Get Your Mops Out Award. Uh, because I said Rodri mops up as a holding midfielder. Yeah. Is, is that not what you want most holding midfielders to be, Mike? Yeah. So I'm not out. asking him to clean the floor. Or become an emo, really, with his mop. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just it's just it's Kufal. Let's just move on. Wazza yeah, could be uh, great. I'm happy. Wazza could be uh, a contentious award. Um, uh, I'd, I'm going to change mine because 
Yeah, I don't, I don't think mine even. I don't really care. I think having... I didn't really want to talk about this, but let's do it anyway. Mike, who's the Wazak of the year? You can give it out. Well, which one do you want me to give it to? I've got two. I've got two picks. You know which one? The first. Yeah, one. Uh, yeah. The, the big six owners, obviously, are the Wazaks of the year collectively. So well done to them for being total Wazaks, trying to ruin <laughs> football. Um, yeah, we discussed it on a previous pod, so we're not going to do it again. But just fuck off the lot is. Yeah, summed up nicely there, Mike. To be honest. Summed up nicely. I've got no time for you. Go away. Yeah. There you are. There's your Wazics of the year. The big six owners. And last... Honourable mention to IFAB for just fucking up the rules of the game. Oh, my God. One thing they've got to get sorted next year is that they've got to get us a better handball rule. They just, for the love of God, have got to get us a handball rule. And they've got to sort out this offside business where you can... The T-shirt... Yeah, and uh, Arsene Wenger is not the man who's going to fix that. So let's just (laughs) yeah, let's put let's nip that in a bit. This is what I want. This uh, just offside. Can we just be? You can only be offside with things you can score with. That's what they thought they'd done, but then they came up with this waffle in between. And then, and then, likewise, you can only and like if if they're going to be like, oh, that means gives us a disadvantage because of like I don't know. You can be onside if uh, with a. The defender's armed playing you onside or something. Just make it, you can only be offside if something the defender can't clear the ball with is offside. It just feels like it, that's probably the way to fix it. Because whatever's happening now is, is not is not football. No. It's not it's not football, Jeff. Um, so, moving on. Most improved. Uh, Dave, talk mm-hmm. me through your one, your first one. Yeah, uh, I'd put Kelechi Iheanacho for Leicester. Um, more because they paid a lot of money for him. I think it was 25 mil a few seasons back. It looked like he was never really going to step up to being like a consistent player for them. Um, certainly looked like if Vardy uh, was to retire or or get worse, uh, that he would never be able to lead the line for them. However, this season... I think he's scored 10 or 11 goals now, got a few assists, and he's he's pretty much starting every game up front with Fardy. Um, so he's been so good that they've actually adapted their system to fit him into the team. He's much better on the ball. His finishing, I think, has always been there, but his confidence is back. And he links up the play nicely in a way that basically slots perfectly into a Brendan Rodgers team. I think his, his intelligence off the ball has got has got much better in terms of where he needs to be to receive a pass and to make a pass rather than just where he needs to be to get a goal-scoring opportunity, which is what it was like at Man City, basically. So, yeah, he's he's my pick for most improved. 10 goals, 2 assists in 21 games. He's, he's, a, he's certainly come along in terms of he's just general all-around play more than number 10. Um, Mike, talk me through your pick. Yeah, John, uh, John Stones is my pick, obviously. I think this is a fairly obvious one, but um, he's been excellent in the in the Man City defence again we've talked about him in depth on a previous podcast but him and Diaz have been pretty hard to get past um, he looks a lot more assured there, there are far less mistakes in his game these days um, I think yeah he's, he's a lot more solid he's always been good on the ball and that's something that hasn't left him and makes him a, an integral part of, of a pet team Um 
I mean, we, we thought his career was pretty much over uh, as far as City and at the, at the top level goes. Uh, and here he is. He's going to make, he's about to make our team of the year, I think, unanimously. No, not unanimously. Not unanimously anymore. No. Will no. was trying to find a way to not put I'm changing. I'm changing my mind. Um, but yeah, I think as far as people who've come from nowhere, similar to Inacho, where his confidence looked at rock bottom and now he's, he's on top of his game. Um, he's going to go to the Euros. Yeah, he's had a heck of a season, in fairness. He really has. Shit. Um, no, he's he's fine. He's perfectly good. Um, you're right. He, he's gone from being looking like a deer in the headlights to being someone who's um, pretty good in that system. Um, however, uh, I have a different pick. Um, I have got stones on my uh, my list of people. Um, that said, I want to give a quick shout out to my boy Mason, the best football player in the world. No, it was me about to cry. Um I want to give him a shout out because he has gone from uh he's gone from being a good um quite a promising youth player to being arguably Chelsea's best player every week, week in, week out, and his development's been really good this year. But I think for me the person who has to win this award, absolutely has to win this award, is Luke Shaw. Because Luke Shaw's gone from being a middling left-back to being a really good defensive left-back to being the best all-around left-back in the league. Like I think he's been absolutely incredible this season. Mm-hmm. And to think that he started... When, when, you start, when we started the season, I'd have had Robertson, Digne, Chilwell, um, even maybe Regulon. I'd have had all of them in front of Luke Shaw if I was picking... A, a, a team of Premier League players. Now, I think if I was picking a fullback, Luke Shaw would be the first pick. A hundred percent. I think he's brilliant. I think he's. I think he's like a proper fullback. And to go from one, to go from that to that in a Man United team that isn't like I know they're second in the league, but they're not like City. They're not like dominating the football, so you don't really have to do as much defending. I, I just think. I just think. Shaw gets way less protection than Stones gets, and I just think his his growth has been more impressive to me. But I'm for it, yes, yeah, Luke, Luke Shaw that. has been great. Look at that, he, my boy. He really has gone from almost looking like a fringe player to, I'd say, other than Bruno, probably first name on the team sheet. He's so good now. Like before, you look at you watched before I watched them play, and I. And you know this is the test of how good you are as a player. Is if I look at you and think, oh, you know, William could get at you. <laughs> and before I looked at him, I thought, yeah, William could get at you. So now I look at him and I think, oh, God, anyone's going to struggle having a go at him. Um, and you think he think of the covering he has to do for Maguire. He's got a lovely relationship with Fernandez and Rashford out there on the left. I just think he's a really good player, a really, really, really good player. Big fan, big fan. Yeah. Anyway. Should we get down to team of the year? I think we should. Um, shall we go? So, the rules were, ladies and gentlemen, just to clue you in, was you had to have a goalkeeper, obviously. You had to have four defenders, three midfielders, and three forwards. Now, they can be any position. Um, I've just seen that Joel Linton's the 12th man in Mike's team, and I'm fuming. 
Uh, no bench, because who cares? Um, we've all got the same person in goal. It's Emmy Martinez. Um, self-explanatory. Um, would you look at Edison or Mendy, perhaps? Um, the only two f- options, really. Yeah, to be fair, I think um, out of those two, I I know Edison's kept the most clean sheets in the league. I would actually side with Mendy if there was to be anyone else, just because keeper's been such a problem area for Chelsea the last few seasons, and he has been he has, he's looked quite assured, and he's he's been stable. Um, so yeah, I mean Mendy's definitely a shout, but I think like we discussed when we said about signing of the season, my reasons for Martinez. He's he's almost like a match winner from being in goal. Like he can really make the difference. So for me, he's just an out and out shot stopper, and he's he's my player, well keeper of the year. Oh yeah, yeah. I think, I, I don't think you can look past him. I think the the gap between Martinez and um, Edison and Mendy for me is quite big. So yeah, um, Mike. Um, the arguments for right back really comes down to Cancelo or Kufal. Um Do you want to tell me why it's Kufal? I'll oh, yeah. tell you why you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a better football player. Uh, don't agree uh, with that. No, but there we are. Uh, he's obviously been more, probably a, a bit more tested down down the West Ham right uh, than Cancelo has. I think he's he's a better defender than Cancelo is for sure. He'll put his body on the line. Um, I, yeah, I, I just think as far as a right back goes, in this team we don't necessarily need him to get forward all that much. Um, and he and he is bloody good at it. He's got a lot of assists. So uh, he actually has. He's got more goal contributions than Cancelo, which is what swayed me in the end. He has. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's got six oh, well, assists. Better than, I, I'd rate him better anyway. But he actually got another too. assist tonight, Will. So that's seven. I'm on the Premier League app, so I should hope that's updated. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, no worries. I didn't know it if, probably if it is. was. Live. It probably has, but there you are. Um, yeah, he's been brilliant, hasn't he? He slotted him really well. He's going to be a fan favourite. Uh, the one thing I would say for Cancelo, and I, I don't think much of him as a as a defender. I don't think he's brilliant. What I do think is he's he's unbelievably he's a bit Trentish at the back there that. For that role, in terms of stepping into midfield for Pep's Guardiola, Pep Guardiola's team and operating that little either side of those eights and allowing them to push on, he's been brilliant. Whether or not he's played left back or right back, um, I did have him in the team and just thought he's he's got to be in the team. But, and it was just a case of pushing him around. But I just think Kufal's been so impressive as a defender that I think that swayed me in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, he's very, very good. Very good. <sighs> Should we argue about centre-backs? <laughs> well, I can't believe you're trying to do this. Right, so... It's Diaz and Stones, everyone. You yeah, I'm with Mike on this. Why it has Diaz? to be Diaz why and Stones. Diaz, Stones? I, I, Diaz should be there, but why is Stones in over... Well, they went, on a, they went on a run where they conceded once in 12 Premier League Does games. The, Does he have the ball all the time? Which is partly what, which is partly down to Diaz and Stones being good on the ball. Yeah, I just, I don't see John Stones. Yes, he's better this year. He's not all of a sudden turned into this absolutely outrageous centre half. He's individual play uh, for me. Wait till he brings home the Euros for the boys. They're just watching this summer. Firstly, he's, he's not bringing home the Euros for the boys, but 
No, because he's going to be partnering Harry Maguire, so nothing can bring home the Euros for the boys. Um, but I don't think he's been overly impressive. I don't think it's. I don't think it's one of these things where it's it's cut and dry that it's stones. I think Fafana's been really good. In fact, individually, Fafana's been more impressive. He's played more games, and to be honest, he's playing in a team that actually does some defending, so you actually get to see him defending. Like John Stones, yeah, great. He's got sent off. He's more errors leading to goals than Fafana, for example, if you want to use those stats. I don't really care, but if you want to use them. I just think Fafana's been more impressive. Dear me. I can't believe you're picking John Stones. What are you talking about over there? I can't believe it. There's just no one else. So you have to pick Stones and Diaz. You pick Fafana. No, you don't. City's defence last year compared to City's defence this year is not... It's a lot down to Diaz, but it's not all down to Diaz. We talked so much last season about how they kept getting done in transition. In in transition. That's not Uh happening this year. But you want to know why? It's because they're pressing more at the pitch. That's why. That was the problem last year. The problem started further at the pitch, not at the back. No, but there was a lot of problems at the back. Yeah, there were, because they were playing Fernandinho, yeah, because they didn't trust Stones. But I still don't trust Stones. What I do trust is you've got Rodri, who I don't think is great, but at least he's acclimatised to the division this year. And then you've got a really good centre-half actually next to him. Yeah, and you've also got another really good centre-half. I'm not sure you do, though. You do. He's you fine. know you do. You just didn't want to put him in there. No, he's fine. He's just not... I don't think he's had as an impressive an individual season as Fafana. Well, that's fine. We're not going to agree on this, but... People I would put in ahead of Stones. Right, you ready for this? Oh, exhaust- here we go. You ready for this exhaustive list? Kyle Joe Rodon. <laughs> Kyle Walker. <laughs> Kyle Walker. Yeah. yeah. Kyle Walker. Yeah. Um, could Julian Lerothes play football? <laughs> no, uh, I, I don't like that John Stones is in there. Um, I, I, well, you're out, unfortunately, you're outvoted. Yeah, so I'll, I'll accept being outvoted. I, don't, I just... He's just not impressive, I don't think. Not as impressive as Fafana. Anyway, uh, left-back, sure, yeah. Yeah, that's an easy one, isn't agreed. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, central defensive midfield, I guess we're putting this player in. We've all gone for Rice, Declan Rice. Dave, why is Declan Rice so uh, had such an impressive season? Yeah, he's just... Um... Well, like we say, West Ham have been really impressive this season. Declan Rice has been instrumental to that, really. I think as a holding midfielder, he's got everything. Um, I think as well that he, for a young player, he's so good on the ball. Um, he's sort of an all-rounder as well in terms of what he brings you of his passing, his tackling, his aerial ability. I think, yeah, he's just... Uh, when I think of holding midfielders this season, I think he pretty comfortably has been the best for me um i did think about wilfred and Didi, um but i think declan rice has been the most impressive i would say yeah sorry i'm just looking at john stone's defensive stats oh here we go he's made 17 interceptions and 15 tackles all season in 20 games. Hasn't Less... he scored like six goals? Scored four goals. He's a defender. What are we doing? He's points on how many games football, has he? How you. many games has he lost this season, Will? Oh, come on. 
Oh, come on. Oh, what are we doing here? <laughs> in that case, Ed, in this case, oh, it's this, this is a Man City team then. Well, no one else is going in then. What a ridiculous claim. Look at that. Oh, dear. It's, it's not, get lads, it's not even close. He's also been sent off it when is, that's an all-round performance even, for a season. It's not that's even really what you want. close stats-wise, but okay, we can do it. Go on then, let's move on. I, I just think it's baffling. Well, he's won 18 of 20 games. Because he plays City. It's a T. It's because I can for once actually wrestle Will on something rather than the other way around. By being wrong. (laughs) Like, you're not even, like, if you were going to argue it, Dave, and you wanted to argue on him building from the back, at least pick something that's useful, like how many many passes he's completed. Yeah, but that would be time consuming. Arguing team stats for individual performances is waffling. Um, Anyway, Bruno, easy. Yeah. Tell me why, yeah. I guess. Um, he walks into there. Uh, yeah. As we said earlier, 16 goals, 11 assists. Yeah, you can't argue with that. He's going to walk into any midfield pretty much in the league. So, yeah. Yeah. He's he's a good player. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the third pick is Gundogan because, as we outlined earlier, instrumental in um, City's success this season. Um, in terms, realistically, for that final slot, Gundogan... Um, it was Gundogan versus Kevin De Bruyne in many ways. Maybe a look at Suchek, but I just think that period where he really won City the title counts for so much. He was unbelievable in that period. And it was just that run where he, he, I don't think it can be understated as how important that was to City season. City scored a goal and you knew he was either going to have scored it or assisted it in that yeah. period. Literally every goal. It was, it was outrageous. Yeah. Brilliant player. Anyway, moving on. Front three. Um, let's do the two ones that aren't um, contentious first. Harry Kane's in at striker. I don't feel like we need to go over that. Um, Mike Salah, obviously a player that we undenied about putting in a team last year because we we don't like him. But this <laughs> that is genuinely the reason. True. Genuinely the reason, ladies and gentlemen, is that we don't like the way Salah plays football. Um, that being said, this year, 20 goals three assists in 33 appearances. But something about him, he just feels better this year. I don't know if that's a tangible thing, but that's how he, how he feels to me, at least. I can't believe he's ended, ended up on 20... What is it? 20 goals? Yeah. yeah. That's just crazy to me. I, I didn't even notice this happen. When did this happen? Second know. top scorer, just behind Kane. Yeah. The guy's a machine. He just does it every season. Uh, and regardless of what I think about him or whatever, yeah. he has to be in the team of the year because he he's going to deliver goals. I'm I'm a bit shocked his numbers are a bit low on the assists, but uh, sorry, I mean, yeah, just like the postman, this guy's going to deliver. They've got to take this app away from me because I've just discovered that Team Averna's missed 17 big chances, but Mohamed Salah's missed 17. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Which is interesting that he's. He appears clinical and isn't. Um, but obviously, looking at right, if you were going to do right mids or whatever, or something, you're looking at forwards. I think he seems to be the logical one to be next up. Um, so, I actually didn't have him in, and then I looked at the stats and was like, "Wow, I can't not put you in after that." You've sort of got to have him in. Um, so, last last base. Um, 
let's run through the the options realistically. So I think Hyunmin Son is an option. Um, Jack Grealish an option, obviously. I think there's some, and then you've got to look at other. You could have a look at other strikers like Bamford or Calvert Lewin, for example. Dave, who's your pick? Uh, personally, my pick is, is Son um, for Tottenham. Yeah. Sixteen goals, ten assists for Son. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Mike, your pick? Yeah, yeah, I've gone for Grealish. Uh-huh. Um, as as you said earlier, the pretty much the Villa team is built on on Jack Grealish doing the whole thing for him. I know he's only got six. Well, he's got six goals, ten, ten assists, um, and he's only he has only played twenty two games. But you can see from their record since he's been out how big of a player he is for them. Um, their 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 whole attacking unit pretty much relies on him to produce. And uh, doesn't he just produce? He's absolutely brilliant. Um, I think he's got to be in there. I, and I know Son's stats are, are great. 16, but 16 and 10 assists. 16 goals. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. But he's got 10 more goals and the same assists as Grealish. But I think, we, you know, Villa are a different team to Spurs. And those Spurs haven't been good at all this year. Son has Kane alongside him. Grealish has to do a lot of it himself. Um, I just think he he deserves to be in the team. I think Son had an outrageous ten games, which maybe is what got Gundogan in there. But I I'd be fine with giving it to Son. I just like the like I think Grealish should get in there for me. I I I know the stats don't back that up, but I was yeah. Sorry, go on, man. Grealish was my player of the year for a lot for for like half the season because I just thought Mm -hmm. he was that impressive. Like he, you want to talk about a player who's who could have fit into the most improved king category again he was just he was an absolute superstar and i think you said the stats don't back you up but they're two it's comparing apples and oranges really because they are two different mm. players that son's son the creative hub of the the tottenham team is harry kane son's got 10 assists yeah because he's playing with the best finisher in, in the premier league one of the best in world football he's got 16 goals because he has that relationship with harry kane you look at what jack grealish is doing and i don't like to punish players for teammates I guess uh, is, is pretty harsh to do but I do think you have to take it into account that he's really doing everything over there and to have six goals ten assists is nothing to be sniffed at in that team and particularly given he's done it in less games and then if you go on to the stats such as chance created most fouled in the league these stats that we used to we see the absolute the best of the best like even Lionel Messi get I just think he's so impressive I, I, I think if I think Son had like you said, a really impressive 10 games which boosted his, which have given him these great stats. But when you look at the underlying stats, I just think Grealish is more impressive. And I, I, I feel better about putting him in this team because I feel like Son had about 14 games where he was woeful. Like, actually actively bad. Part of a bad Spurs team where he was just really poor. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't like to... I know Grealish has only played 22 games, but I, I don't think I'd like to... <laughs> Penalise him for being injured. So Son was on the pitch when when he wasn't playing very well. So the game, the games played stat is not as soon as we put John Stones in, who's only played twenty games. Yeah, it's gone. I guess completely irrelevant to me. So there you are. However, you want to take John Stones out, 
for someone who's played 24 games in Wesley Fafada. I could get on board. <laughs> you can have Son, Dave. You could have Son if you're willing to help me there. But no. no, I don't yeah. mind putting Greener. She's clearly a fantastic player. And um, I do in sort of think... I do sort of think with Grealish, if he'd played, if he played most of the season, how many goals and assists he could have got because he was playing so well that. Playing with Ollie Watkins, so probably five more. <laughs> yeah, it's still good. Good season, fifteen assists. Yeah. I meant goals. Um, All oh, right. Just get the rebounds when Ollie Watkins hits the post over and over <laughs> again. Um, okay, uh, so. The confirmed team is Martinez, Kufal, Diaz, Stone, Shaw, Rice, Gundogan, Bruno, Fernandez, Salah, Kane and Grealish. Um, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, before the podcast, me and Mike did try and argue with Dave that we wanted one less forward and um, we wanted to put, we wanted to drop Son and put Patrick Bamford in, but then Dave sort of threatened to quit the podcast and we really tried to go through with it then. Yeah, so if anyone would like to join, I'll only quit this episode, lad. So I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna quit the whole thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. But Patrick Bamford, uh, to be fair, fourteen goals, seven assists. Bamford Island, yeah, he's Bamford. had a cracking season. Bamford no, Island, Bamford. Great. Can he play centre half? I put him in over Stones. Patrick, if you'd like, to yeah, well, let's do it. Should we put Bamford in at centre back? Well. <sighs> In fact, I'm going to create a new award right now, Mike. Get ready to note it down. It's the Patrick Bamford Award for the, the best Patrick Bamford in the league, and it goes to Patrick Bamford. Congratulations, Patrick. It's called, well it's called the Bamford Door. There you are. <laughs> um, okay, to run, so I'm going to run through the, the award winners. The Player of the Year is Harry Kane. Rookie of the Year is Wesley Fofana. You've just heard the Team of the Year. The Manager of the Year is David Moyes. The best signing is Emmy Martinez. The Timor Bakayoko Memorial Award goes to Rian Brewster. And Dombele versus Sheffield United was your best goal. The most improved is Luke Shaw. The best newcomer, the Joel Linton Award, is Ruben Diaz. Um, the most disappointing team award goes to Liverpool. The Unsung Hero of the Year, a.k.a. Get Your Mops Out Award, is Kufal. And the Premier League Wazak of the Year is the Big Six owners. And Bamford to all goes to Patrick Bamford. Okay. I, I did note it down just for all the listeners that can't actually see that. Hey, thanks very much, Mike. Really, really did note that down. Um, no, that was good fun. Um, but I think that will have to do us for this week. Uh, Mike, if the people want to follow you to find out um, more about why Joel Linton was such a hit in the Premier League, where can they do that? Yeah, if you want to hear about his 17-minute uh, cameo against Arsenal at the weekend, you can do over at, uh, at Mikey Bergen on Twitter. <laughs> Um, he's looked it up now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and uh, yeah. Dave, if the people want to follow you to find out why you should judge individual players on team stats, where can they do that? Uh, it's at Dave Harris underscore forty four. And you can follow me at Word Seventeen, where I'll be telling you why I don't think John Stones is any good. But please don't, please instead follow us at In and Around Pod, where you can uh, keep up to date on all the socials because that's our at everywhere. Um, we also do a bit of writing on inaroundmedia.com and Mike and Henry Hodgson who is a name that's mentioned across this podcast sort of like a an evil villain and let me tell you City win the league and Champions League he will be an evil villain um, but they do a betting podcast which posts this feed every Friday Mike you haven't done one for a few weeks are so you looking forward to getting back to it can't wait to be fair oh, I need to get get my losses out before the uh, end of the season end of the season yeah because um, let's be honest Mike um, you're looking like you're going to lose our fantasy prem which means you're going to have to wear a shirt of our choice to football for I think was it the next six months Dave yeah something like that I think it was what are we what are you 
what are you getting, Mike? What shirt do you reckon you Well, have? that is, uh, unfortunately, that has been left to you lot, so. <laughs> Dave, so what are we you thinking? Tell the I'm well. thinking a yellow and green Man United 90s away shirt with Glazer 69 on the back. Oh, love, hate United, love Glazers. Um, Something like that. Steve McManaman. Liverpool. Oh, nah, no. it would no, no, no. It has to be Steve McManaman <laughs> Galacticos because that will really piss him off. When I no, see the it's, Real Madrid shirts. It's got to be. Liverpool. I would much rather wear a Madrid shirt. Okay, there we yeah, go. Yeah, it's, it's got to be Steve McManaman. Oh just, just, just we brought it's for it's Steve McManaman. Then we asked him if we could put some at the bottom that just says "Hey Fletch." <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen, if, again, if you've got any um, if you've got any questions for the podcast, but if you've got any suggestions for what we should have a Mike shirt um, for losing our fantasy Premier League, um, email them to at in and around pod, no in and around pod at gmail.com or again send us to social media at in and around pod. But until next time, um, we'll see you around. Sayonara. Cheers. A bit of, a bit of Takeshi. Can't believe we put fucking John Stones in the team with you.